While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Buddy, welcome back to a brand new episode, and we're actually back in in the recording studio where we can be comfy and in a desk chair instead of doing a car cast. Um, and then, of course, actually having a, a drink. So if you're you're drinking along with this one, cheers to you and uh, <laughs> enjoy. Uh, I'm just really excited to be back where I intend to do this podcast where I can actually have a drink or so uh, or two and enjoy the the process instead of. I feel like the last month or two i've just been worried about one getting home in a decent at a decent hour which is not a decent hour actually but also um having to edit so actually getting this done the weekend before the episode drops is going to be a big help uh for me personally uh but hey if you're new to the podcast welcome to it if you're returning welcome back to it i appreciate your support uh my name is ryan i'm a teacher a coach instructional coach uh, and i run this podcast if you want to give a uh if you want, sorry, if you want to support the show a little bit more and get some bonus content and some podcast merch, you can go to patreon.com slash classroom brew. also want to give a big shout out to James, Lish, Cindy, Melinda, Sabrina, Leslie, Leo, and Adam. Uh, they are our, pa- our current Patreon members uh, who support the show and get access to some content that others do not. Again, there's that little paywall. I think there's a $2, $4, and $7 tier uh, that gets you different benefits that you can, of course, Read through and make your best decision on uh, as a consumer on supporting some teacher content. So, uh, again, that's patreon.com slash classroombrew. This week, I saw this article, and I, I think as, as teacher burnout kind of hits the, not peak, because we've been there for a minute now, but there is this video from, this is ABC News, I believe internationally, on the four-day week. And now to the growing trend in some of our nation's schools, with teacher shortages hitting many classrooms hard, some school districts are turning to shortening the school week to four days to try to recruit and retain teachers. Sounds amazing, by the way. Our district doesn't give a shit about us, but we do have a a massive teacher shortage, so that would be amazing. Tonight we travel to Missouri, where a quarter of districts in the state have made this move. ABC's Avery Harper has tonight's prime focus. Empty schools, by the Monday way. typically marks the start of a new week in most schools across the country. But classrooms in Warren County, Missouri are empty. No teachers, no students, no class. It's a part of the four-day school week the district adopted four years ago in an effort to attract and keep teachers in the classroom. And by the way, I did a podcast, I don't know how long ago it was, but I suggested sort of a radical shift in education. And this wasn't just because of remote learning, but I was saying that the five-day week as more countries, by the way, do away with that, um, not to mention the U.S. has the least amount of time dedicated for the average American worker to truly relax uh, and, and go on vacation or whatever it might be, get some time away. Uh, shifting to a four-day week actually shows many different benefits, not just in productivity, but obviously 
the mental and physical health of workers. So my suggestion was that Monday or Friday, likely Monday, would either be a teacher prep day, and for students, it could be uh, either an option to work or get a mental health break or whatever it might be. I'd imagine that districts would save a lot of money on different uh, facilities, maintenance stuff, potentially. But the, what the video is going to go into, which I really liked, was that the school is still offering services to help out parents. Take me back to 2019, when okay. you all decided that you were going to go from five days of school per week mm -hmm. to four. What drove that decision? We're really a ruler school district outside of the higher paying districts. We struggle to retain our teaching staff. So do really big districts, by the way. They struggle to retain or, or hire in general teaching staffs. So we were losing about almost 20% of our teaching staff every year. Warren County School Superintendent Greg Klingen Smith says the shortened week is his best bargaining chip when recruiting teachers. And we said, well, we can't pay. What can we bargain with? And time is what we had to bargain with. And that did work. The practice is becoming more common. About 560 school districts in 25 states. Most of them on the west and then western part of the Midwest and then pretty much uh, like Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, all the way down to like Mississippi and then everything on the east coast for the most part or on the, uh, and I'm assuming this is not every single district, but most of these, it's a majority of the nation at this point using the four-day work week. Now, I love that it's like, well, we can't pay them more, so how about we lower it a little bit more? <laughs> we technically, actually, I don't know. Are they getting the same salary they would because they're still going in on that Monday? have one or more schools with a four-day week, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Love in it. Missouri, schools with four-day schedules have lengthened the school day to meet the state's requirement for hours of instruction. The four-day week was a selling point for cases. So if the, the week itself is still the same, it's just where the days are spread out. I, I mean, I'd imagine over four days, you're, you're trying to replace essentially, oh, geez, because what is it for us? It's like, uh, for students, they have approximately seven classes that are 50 minutes or so, right? I mean, it's 250 per class per week. So you're essentially just replacing uh, a solid 250 uh, minute. You could do that easily. You just add, add on an hour or so to the day. And Gina Dildine. They're parents of three children and moved to teach in Warren County last year. That kind of sealed it for me. You just have to Wouldn't that data. also mean that you for yeah, sure you get the same salary because it's the same instructional minutes? It has to. You know, your family business that comes up. It's very helpful there with time with our babies and to just have that time, an extra day okay. of, you know, spending time with them and watching them grow and develop. It's it's huge. Look at the digital clock. Gina Dildine teaches second grade and says the four day week helps her avoid burnout. Mm -hmm. Teaching is hard. It's exhausting. <laughs> There's a whole lot of pressure and a whole lot of burden to teach these kids what they need to know. And that's our job. And so I feel like coming in on Tuesday after having that extra day to revive and refresh, that I'm more excited and more um, motivated right. to do my job. Well, and I wonder, too, if it's, it's you can go into the school as a Monday prep day or whatever. Uh, What's disconcerting is that for sure in the comments, people are, are decimating teachers. And some people are talking about it's about the pay. Some people it's not about the pay. This is good for mental health. Other people are obviously pushing back against that. Uh, people are talking about respect for teachers. Uh, I guess I, when I initially found this video a couple days ago, 
the comments were a little bit more disconcerting. It seems like they're kind of shifting more favorably, or maybe the the highlighted comments are the ones that are kind of, you know, being uh, pushed to the top. Uh, there are people talking about revitalizing or revamping the entire school system, especially because there's all these districts that that uh, are out of the United States that are doing so much better with a different, more modern model, which is funny because I believe that they initially based their structures on the American school system. Ah, <laughs> oh, naivete. Many teachers praise the shortened week. The effects of four-day weeks on student achievement aren't cut and dry, according to Emily Morton, who has been researching the topic. I think there are a lot of parents who are a little apprehensive when they hear that their district is going four days because they think that it could affect outcomes for their students. And we do see, on average, we see some small to medium negative effects on student test scores. I think there needs to be continued uh, monitoring of the effects of the policy and looking at, in each district, how it's uh, affecting students' achievement. In Missouri, shortened school weeks are increasingly common. About one in four school districts uses them. Right now, Warren County is the largest, but not for long. So the main thing that, I mean, they're talking about the effectiveness of it and how it is impacting school scores. But I mean, if you're losing teachers and this is the current climate that we live in, I mean, you got to do what you got to do at this point. I like that this, some people are suggesting that we make it an active learning day, one day uh, of the week where it's a study hall. And I would, I would caution against that too. I don't know. I mean, if you're listening, you can of course disagree with me. Email me classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on social media. But I, I feel like with our school, unless we give a grade for something, we have advisory this year, for example, and the kids don't use it for what it's intended to be. We have these things called Naviance tasks, which are like, graduation requirements eventually, like the college career interest planner profession, whatever, all that stuff, resume builders and, and tasks that will help students uh, moving forward. But most kids don't do it even when they're incentivized by like a pizza party. I guess the one kid that was like, oh, I want that pizza party. But then he looked at what he had to do and he said, fuck that pizza party. But we don't have a grade for our advisory, which in theory is how it should be. But for our kids, that just means, oh, I don't have to do this because there's no penalty for it. So I feel like a study hall or a homework day, at least for my district, my I shouldn't say my district, my school, it would just mean a day of non-attendance for most kids, despite it being a requirement. So I would almost caution against that, where it's like the kids are coming in for five days, but there's only four days of instruction, especially because we have teachers that don't even teach, you know, four or five days out of the week anyway, but that's a separate issue. Just outside of Kansas City, Independent School District, with its more than 14,000 students, is moving to four days next fall. Love it. Superintendent Dale Hurl says the number of applicants for teaching jobs in the district has shot up. There you go. And the number of resignations and retirements has gone down, down by more than half. Half, 50. Oh, cool. At this time, we had 86 resignations and retirements of teaching staff uh, with 127 applications that we'd received. This year, we've only had 46 retirements and resignations, but 460 applications. But not all parents in the district are convinced the change is a good idea. Probably we the are child a care. lower income area, and so I do have big concerns that some of our families are going to struggle. Okay, so Greek yogurt, protein, or dairy. Warren County parents who need child care on the extra day off can opt to send their children to what the district has dubbed Care Day kids participate in a host of activities. So, you know, we have community partners that are in the schools every day. The effectiveness of it, I don't really know, but essentially this could be a day for that maybe, 
while teachers are prepping or doing something in or out of the building or both, I don't know, uh, this could be a day for our community partners to jump in. Now this, I think it goes on to talk it's about all free of charge haircuts. For families. It's all free. They like coming home with all of their crafts. And Games, their arts and crafts, haircuts. This sounds amazing. And it's all free. And it's covered at the schools. Childcare will come at a cost for parents. And of course it is it going to be an extra expense. It is going to be an extra worry to make sure that their kids are cared for. We are going to have some unsupervised kids. Pearl says his district. Which, of course, is going to happen. But I think in this day and age, I mean, again, horrifying comments, people that are just talking about. Uh, this is an empathy piece, you know, for, you know, teachers and students and administrators who are for sure on their last leg of <laughs> of losing their shit. Uh, and people are still, and the schools are providing, in this case of Missouri, they're providing services, childcare, hair, haircuts, for God's sake. And of course, an adult to supervise this and provide like arts and crafts support, stuff like that. But they're still vilifying teachers saying anything you can imagine about, well, they're just trying to get out of working for another day. I wish I could do that. But we're adjusting to the times. People couldn't believe that we could do school from home without it being officially homeschooled, but we made that work. I just saw a district, for example, that had like some sort of lockdown emergency situation and they switched to remote on a dime. Not like, hey, let's like when we initially locked down, for example, we switched to remote, sort of, but it was like a six month period where it's like, well, if you need a device, you can go to the school and not every kid did that and hotspots were an issue because Wi-Fi was an issue. It was a mess. But these districts now, I guess, are set up where it's like they have to be able to to shift for either a, you know, a global crisis, local crisis or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh it can be done, clearly. And I know that for sure childcare is going to be an issue, but if the schools are offering different services, that's something that I feel like districts need to finally adjust for. We're about to go into a runoff election for our, our Chicago mayor, and we have a former teacher going up against a former uh, CEO of CPS. And he's just a really, it's uh, Vallis versus Johnson. And both candidates are not perfect, but if we go with this... Uh, so Vallis was like the CEO during one of the worst periods of time for our district of CPS, where more people were quitting, being fired, more schools are being closed, full staffs just being laid off, which I can't wait to see how that goes. Uh, maybe my job security is not as great even with tenure, but I think it's something that we should be looking at. If things truly aren't working, if funding has really gone to shit, there's this offer of school choice. I don't know what charters offer, but I feel like public schools, it's about time we made some changes. And if you're saying, well, this isn't fair, it's not the same as it used to be, former teachers aren't getting that, I say to you, it's a new age. <laughs> Get with the times. I think it's time we take a look at that. And again, I'll, I mean, I'll still go in five days a week, but I don't know if students should have to go in all five days of the week because students are just not built that way these days for the most part. Are there, a, you know, a solid... 40 to 50 plus percent of kids who yeah absolutely but i know for our kids it's just it's just not happening but anyways that's that's a lot on that topic i'm passionate about the four-day work week uh for students and or staff or just you know a prep day or a mental health day i don't know what you want to call it um school improvement days more frequently maybe i don't know what you want to call it institute days internship slash work days i mentioned that it could be teachers acting as a liaison to volunteer opportunities and or work experiences for kids 
when they work on a Monday or whatever day of the week it winds up being for your school. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we went back on the subreddit teachers, and this is from user plain software 9278 saying, principal said she doesn't think teaching is my passion. And this is uh, student teacher support and or advice. Uh, I'm not sure, maybe first year teacher, because it says at my formal observation meeting. So I would assume within the first couple of years. Um, yeah. At my formal observation meeting, my principal said that she doesn't know if I'm happy and that she thinks I act like I don't want to be a teacher and teaching isn't my passion. It was completely out of left field uh, since my lesson went fine and the only criticism she gave me was that my students didn't ask good math questions. <laughs> it was, okay. It was very hurtful because I arrived to school an hour early each day to prepare things. I spend a lot of non-contract time working, even though I have two young children. I spend a lot of my own money on my classroom for supplies, even copy paper, and, and things like snacks for students. I have done a lot of fun activities for our classroom. It's a kindergarten class, it looks like like planning a field trip, Q and U wedding. Oh, like the letters Q and U. Making sure everyone had Valentines to where I purchased six kids' Valentines and filled them out for them. Uh, I make sure they have a decodable book. I don't know, a book to take home each week. I know that I have things to work on. This is my second year. Okay, got it. And first in kindergarten, but I have 28 students and an assistant who doesn't help. I guess there's more posts about that. I'm not sure if I should send an email to my principal outlining this or just let it go, but it was very hurtful. Now, I don't know who this person is, but should we should we go for it again? Should we reach out on Reddit again to see if they want to... <clears throat> Let's post. Let's see. Principal, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to put, this is really disconcerting and for sure not okay from your principal. I guess I'm talking about it now. Uh, we'd love to discuss more if you're open to that. On the podcast. Maybe that'll be your vice. To talk about it and get your thoughts out there before addressing it. If at all. Yeah, let's see. I don't know. Second time we're reaching out on Reddit. It worked out last time. Um, now, I want to point out, too, is that people are, are talking about how, you know, teaching should be a passion and it's, it's a profession of passion. But it really, it's a job. There, I, I remember I, I've done podcasts with people before who have said that teaching is their passion. I've done it with people who said it's their job and people in between, of course. Uh. But to say that I define myself as a teacher and only a teacher, I think I'd be lying, <laughs> you know? Uh, and not just because of the issue of burnout or, you know, potentially trying to move up or lateral or kitty corner to the teaching career. But I, I don't know. I, it feels like the principal projecting a little bit. I think everyone has their own definition, uh, which I've encountered as well when I talk to people on my instructional coaching caseload. And I make suggestions that they're just maybe not as open to for whatever reason. And I have to check myself and kind of say like, hey, just because it's your urgency doesn't mean it's theirs. Maybe they're not comfortable with that. Maybe they need more support with that. Or maybe it's just not going to happen. And that's okay. Um, either way, I think it's unprofessional for someone to say that. Um, I think if you went to a student and said something like that, well, first off, you'd get 
your ass, you know, cursed out depending on what school you're at and what grade level you're at. Or maybe just school. Maybe it's not grade level dependent. But uh, yeah, that's not cool. It's a shame that it's it's come to that, especially with the way working conditions are and pay conditions are for most teachers. And it, it sounds like this person is going above and beyond. And year two is hard. Now, I think year one is harder, but if you're essentially moving to kindergarten for the first time, it's like another year one all over again, you know? Which is funny too, because as I'm looking, someone posted, when did you find your forever school? How long did it take you to find your forever school? Is there even such a thing? How common is it for teachers with four to five years experience to switch schools and or districts? (laughs) Um, And I wish there was a such thing as a forever. I don't know if there is, because it really depends on who your admin is. And admin come and go. Uh, teaching staff comes and goes, but I don't know if there's ever really a forever school. I can say from experience, um, I've considered leaving, I've considered staying for a long haul, and right now I'm just kind of in between. I'm not really sure. I know Chris, who was on the podcast three, four years ago, who was my internship uh, mentor, not quite full student teaching, but teacher internship mentor, he was at a school for like 10 plus years and wasn't necessarily happy for a good portion of it, and finally moved and realized like, oh, I should have done this a long time ago. (laughs) Um, Which I guess it really, it takes a few years of knowing what works, what doesn't work, what uh, workarounds you have to do, where the skeletons are, what closets to avoid. uh, And that's really what it is. So even if it might not be perfect, and I certainly talk about how my school is nowhere near perfect, (laughs) um, I know how to operate within that and find a place where I'm not going to be miserable, but I feel like that's something that I'm exploring myself. You're forever school. And if you're listening and you're at your forever school, let me know. Was it your first, your second, your third? Was it, you know, what did you know for sure? Was it just a good fit? Did it grow into your forever school? I really don't know because I think about that a lot. I feel like most people move around a little bit. Some people a lot, of course, but I feel like most people, it's not going to be the first one. People move, people change, people find better opportunities or there isn't a good fit for whatever reason. Uh, But yeah, this idea of the forever school, I'm glad someone, what user was that? Let me pull it up. That was user electronic underscore strike 529. I'm gonna save that for later. See, I know how to use Reddit more now because we're going to it more often. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's what it is in terms of... uh, Oh, interesting. Why is the subreddit for teachers showing it's like not safe for work? Oh, I guess not safe for work because they're talking shit about schools potentially. It is what it is. Um, Yeah, I think it really, it depends not just on the kids, but the admin itself, which I guess is a really good segue for one of the last things that I was going to really talk about. Uh, We're covering more, not just my school stuff. I feel like we've covered covered more of like my school stuff and my work experience. Um, But if you remember, there was the, the teacher who was shot in the chest slash hand by like all in one by a six-year-old and there was the issue with the parents and giving access to the gun or whatever um and essentially there's no charges for the six-year-old or the parents of the six-year-old that gave him access to a firearm literally uh now the district attorney was saying that the student was too young to charge them as a criminal uh that they don't understand the implications of what they did horrifying. I feel like there should be some sort of probation or something for the parents who gave their six-year-old, whether it was intentional or not, they gave their six-year-old access to a gun who then brought it to school and threatened kids with it. And then, of course, 
the main reason I'm going into this is because admin were told throughout the day, this kid had a gun. And even teachers and staff were saying, well, we checked, the, uh, we checked the kid's backpack. I'm assuming they can't check the kid's person for obvious reasons. But the response from admin when they said, well, it could be in this kid's pockets, the response was, well, it's the end of the day, leave it be, his pockets are too small anyway. Ugh. So naturally, the teacher is suing the district um, because apparently there was evidence of violence throughout the school year where admin was told, hey, this kid has violent tendencies towards students, towards staff, and admin did nothing. And I know the parents were supposed to be like the one-to-one aid, which is a big red flag. And this was like the first day that the parents weren't there with their kid. Um, and the fact that the parents don't understand how it happened and they're saying, well, we're working with law enforcement to understand how, it, you know how it happened. You had an oh shit moment, like you forgot to lock it up or you didn't have a safe at all. You know. Um, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, our parents claim they don't know what happened when their kid does something. You know, when their, their kid's vaping in class, you know what's going on for the most part. Not every parent, but come on. The, that's like the, the epitome of, well, he never does that at school. Oh, your kid doesn't shoot up your home? Of course not. But here we are. So honest, and I know the principal, the superintendent, they both resigned after this. Maybe head of security had to resign. I feel like we're having a lot of security issues and a lot of like policy issues. <laughs> like when X, Y, and Z takes place in the building, what should LMNOP be in response? So I'm glad that they resigned. I think this teacher, who, by the way, is still dealing with the, uh, the gunshot wound, it's apparently lodged. I think she should get all the money. I think the district could close the school, if you ask me. Uh, well, no, I don't want to say it. Just all the admin involved, <laughs> all, the, all the support slash security staff that didn't you know, fully do their job or follow it to the letter. For sure, big investigation. But I, this woman should never have to teach again. She should never have to work again. She could become a TED Talk speaker, a motivational speaker if she wants, but she should get so much money, all the money, that she doesn't have to worry about it for the rest of her life because holy shit. It's so common too where the fight that I mentioned a week or two ago when I recorded On the Way Home where we had a kid that took a kettlebell, like a deadly weapon, and was spitting and biting and all this shit. It was like months of us constantly saying this is not the environment for the student. The student's getting violent. The student is dealing drugs. We're, we're showing this paper trail and nothing is done until it's too late. Like the fact that admin is aware where it's like, yep, now the fact that students and staff were literally assaulted with a deadly weapon, now we can do something. Now I'm assuming that this six-year-old can no longer go to that school. I feel like a therapeutic environment um, is necessary or working from home uh, permanently, homeschooling, whatever it might be. But yeah, it's a shame that that's what it takes. And, you know, here we are blaming teachers for just being lazy. And this, this woman was still, even with a gunshot wound to the chest, was getting kids to safety and, and doing what she could. So um, hoping that she's recovering. And, and seriously, I hope she gets all the money every last dime um, because clearly she was asking for help for a long time, even the day that she was shot, and basically got nothing but cricket. So big shout out to her. Hope she gets truly everything um, that she's entitled to. So, hey, thank you guys, though, for listening. This was a bit of a different episode because it was more about, not global, national? National 
stuff in education, which we haven't done in uh, as large scale as this episode in a while. It's been more personal experience. But hey, if you have your own personal experience or your own thoughts, opinions, feelings on the stuff that we covered for today, just reach me, classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on your favorite social media. I know we have a TikTok, an Instagram, oh, there's a YouTube. If you could just give us a Google search, that's the easiest way probably, I bet. But uh, thank you guys so much. Patreon.com slash classroombrew to get that bonus content and support the show and that podcast merch, of course. But until next week, thanks for listening and class dismissed. This is Classroom Brew.